This is a special edition of the Radio Plasma Podcast. The Holyoke City Council at Large Candidates Forum. On this forum, the 10 at large candidates for City Council will answer questions from the Holyoke Youth Task Force, previous to the election of November 7th. The 10 at large City Councilor candidates are James Leahy, Deborah Aloisi, Howard Greeny, Michael Sullivan, Paul Bassett, Peter Tolman, Daniel Bresnahan, Rebecca Lisi, Joseph McGivern, and Diosdado Lopez. This event is brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, the Holyoke Taxpayers Association, the Holyoke Youth Task Force, the Gandara Youth Development Center, Holyoke Media, and Radio Plasma. We are broadcasting from the Holyoke Council on Aging at 291 Pine Street in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Good evening. My name is John Lumber. I'm the chair of the Governmental Affairs Committee for the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for taking time out of your evening to come down here and listen to the 10 candidates for City Council at large tonight. In addition to tonight's program, a week from tonight on Monday, we will also hold the citywide uh, mayoral candidate forum or debate. Uh, at the same time, Monday night. In addition, we have four ward uh, contested races, and we will be addressing those by uh, scheduled podcast interviews with the two candidates at the same time for wards one, wards two, wards three, and ward six. Also, the uncontested races in wards four, five, and seven have scheduled times to do their podcasts, which then will be made available on all the social media networks of the Chamber and the, our co-sponsors tonight, the Taxpayers Association, the Hoyoke Youth Task Force, uh, Gandara Youth Development Center, and Radio Plasma. In addition to tonight, tonight's broadcast is being uh, videotaped by the Transformed Cultural Project and will be available afterwards. Um, I'd like to introduce Tony Signoli, who's going to act as our moderator for tonight. Good evening. Thank you all so much for being here this evening. It says a lot that you're here tonight, and you're taking the interest that you do in Holyoke and the people that represent you and Holyoke's interest. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover here this evening, so we respectfully ask you to hold your applause or your comments until the end of the debate. Our questions this evening are going to be asked by members of the Holyoke Youth Task Force. Uh, they are, these are some extremely sharp young Holyokers. I met with them just a little earlier today. We have Alexis Diaz, Carrie Ann Cruz, and Caitlin Cruz. Let's give them a warm round of applause to get things fired up. Our ground rules for this evening are known to the candidates, but I'll just go over them one more time so we're all familiar with them. Each candidate will have two minutes to introduce themselves in an opening statement. There'll be no counterpoint by the candidates on opening statements. The order the candidates will make the remarks is based upon which candidate was certified first per the city clerk's office. And I noticed that the city clerk is here, Brennan McGee, so we know we won't have, we've got that straight. Thank you. <laughs> candidates will have 90 seconds to respond to each question asked by the Youth Task Force members. There will be no rebuttal by other candidates, so we'll be moving right along with questions and answers. There will be four questions for each candidate. 
Candidates at the end will have 90 seconds to make their closing statements and we'll go in a reverse order then of their opening statements. So we'd like to move then right off the bat to opening statements and the first opening statement will be from James Leahy. Uh, yes, hello. Can everybody hear me okay? Good evening. My name is James Leahy. I am running for city council. I'm running for re-election. Uh, my name, uh, Leahy, appears eighth on the ballot, so hopefully you guys can start at the eighth spot and maybe move around from there. Um, I've been uh, on the city council for nine terms, uh, 18 years, and I'm uh, hoping with uh, the support of everybody uh, in Holyoke I can get re-elected. I've had a leadership position on the city council for, uh, for quite a long time. I also serve as vice chair uh, uh, as a and the finance subcommittee. Uh, I take a very active role in this, this community. I serve on many different boards of directors. I've uh, chaired many boards. Uh, I just recently uh, was the uh, president of the Volleyball Hall of Fame. Uh, underneath my leadership, we made it an international Volleyball Hall of Fame, so now we get worldwide credit, which is absolutely huge. Um, uh, if you have any questions, I'm always online. You can also certainly go to my uh, Facebook page, Hello Hoyoke, as well, and uh, feel free to uh, ask me anything you'd you like. Thank you. Great, thank you. Our next opening statement is from Peter Tallman. Thank you. My name is Peter Tallman. I'm a candidate for city council at large. I've been on the city council for the past 19 years and um, very much indebted to the city for what it's done for me. I uh, am a member of the Branch 46 NALC, uh, National Association of Letter Carriers, and uh, a proud member of that. I've been with the Postal Service for the past 37 years, and it's been a great job, and it's been providing for myself and my family. You know, they talk about the word politician, and, and you know, we run for politics, we run for public office, but I, I like to use the word public servant. You know, we're a servant of the people. You know, we, we serve you, all the residents of the city, the businesses, and the community at large. You know, this job I have loved since I started in 1991. I was first elected. I took a little break uh, in, in office uh, because I wanted to be there for my family. My youngest daughter was six at the time and I wanted to grow up with her. Um, I'm also a proud member of Our Lady of the Cross Parish and there's a lot of controversy with that right now with Mata Del Rosa Church. That's something maybe we'll get, get to discuss later on, but I, I have been a member of that parish since the day I was born, uh, 60 years. Recently I have joined the Hoyoke Senior Center here. I turned 60 in August. I'm a proud member now of the Hoyoke Senior Center. I did join the Friends, and uh, what I want to do is, is to serve the whole community, the youth, the business community, and all the residents of this great city. This is my home, and I want it to continue to, to thrive, and I want to be there for everybody in the city. Peter R. Tallman, thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> Deborah Aloisi. Hi, I'm Deborah Aloisi. I am a licensed social worker. Uh, I currently work as a substance abuse clinician. This is my first time running for city council. Um, it is very exciting for me. Um, it's been an opportunity for growth and I've certainly learned a lot along the way. Um, I bought a house in 2007 in Holyoke. That was 10 years ago and I'm not going anywhere. I've been working in the human service, services field for the last 10 years and um, as I also am a volunteer co-chair on the Commission for Disabilities. Um, so, as a human service provider, I've seen a lot of unintended consequences um, for local policy, and I think we do need to have some more serious discussions about, you know, some of the problems that we do have in our city, such as the opiate problem, 
um, street homelessness, and we're not just talking about holding signs, we're talking about the folks that actually um, do not have the mental health and physical health to even engage the public. And there's only one agency that I know in Holyoke that even um, comes close to even engaging those folks. Public safety and accessibility, they go together. If we really want to grow small businesses, then we need to think about public safety and having places where elderly and disabled people feel comfortable being. Um, and so I am also going to bring it back to vacant structures. That's a big issue. It's something I hear about a lot. It's a, what I hear a lot about as far as activity. And we have been in a series of atrophy for a little while. So we need to work on those things. Those are the things that I find very serious. So thank you. Daniel Bresnahan. Good evening. Uh, thank you very much for everybody coming. Thanks to the Chamber, the Hoyle Council on Aging, John Lumber, Tony Signoli, of course, and thanks to all the city councilors showing up uh, to this event. Uh, I think it's just fantastic that uh, the people get involved because we're actually here serving you. Uh, my name is Dan Bresnahan. I'm a city councilor at large. I'm running for my fourth term. I've been a city councilor for approximately six years. Prior to that, I worked in the Hoyle Health Department as director for about nine. Uh, I was born and raised in the city of Hoyoke. I have four older brothers. I'm married. I have children. I am a homeowner. Um, Hoyoke is, is, is my passion. I love it. Uh, many people came here. Many people grew up here and moved on. And I've stayed here and decided to make this my permanent home. Um, my father was a milkman, so I'm very, very friendly to businesses. I grew up with a father that owned his own business, Bresnahan Dairy, delivering milk to all the businesses, all the mills, and all the um, apartment blocks throughout, throughout the, the entire city of Hoyoke. Um, I am currently the co-chair of the public safety as well as the, uh, I'm the chair of the public safety and the co-chair of the public service. Uh, many of you probably realize I was very passionate about um, the closing of Engine 2. I hold public safety very dear to my heart. I, I felt very dear to my heart as the health director and I continue to think that public safety is our number, number one concern. If Hoyoke isn't safe, people aren't safe, people are not going to move here, people are not going to start businesses here. Public safety is the number one priority for me as your Hoyoke City Councilor at large. I respectfully ask that you vote for me again uh, in this upcoming election. Thank you. Howard Grinney. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank uh, the, uh, the Youth Task Force, especially, for being here, Mr. Signoli and Mr. Lumbro, Hoyoke Taxpayers Association, and the Chamber of Commerce, and all my fellow Hoyokers who are interested to come out tonight to uh, listen to the candidates' debate. I also would like to wish my fellow candidates good luck in the upcoming election. I know regardless of the outcome, the city of Hoyoke is always going to be in good hands. Uh, to say a few things, uh, just to give you my background, I'm a 35-year public school teacher and administrator. Uh, lived in Hoyoke all my life. I am a homeowner. I was born and raised. Actually, I started in, in kindergarten in Hoyoke. I went right through. Uh, the Hoyoke Public Schools, two years to the then Hoyoke Junior College, and eventually on. Uh, I've also had eight years as a small business owner. I know the business, uh, I know the business uh, end of the, uh, the equation very well, uh, having dealt as a, a president and treasurer of two closely held corporations. I have a bachelor's and master's degree from AIC, 21 credits in advanced graduate study. I have been a six-year uh, at-large member of the Hoyoke Public Schools, where I was a member of the Finance Committee. I've also had two terms. This would be, if elected, my third term 
on the city council, where I've also served as Councilor Breslin and has on the public uh, uh, safety committee and the public service committee. I also have six years service in the United States Marine Corps Reserve, honorably discharged in 1970 as a sergeant, which was an invaluable experience uh, for me and as far as leadership skills are concerned. I've been married 48 years to Ellen O'Shea Graney. We have four adult children, all of whom are college educated and very successful in the, their, their jobs in society. And I also have four grandchildren from 14 years uh, to eight years old. And I would appreciate your vote on November 7th. Thank you very much. Rebecca Lisi. Thank you. Thanks for everyone who is involved in putting this event together. My name is Rebecca Lisi, and I'm a five-term incumbent city councilor at large. I am also a doctoral candidate in political science at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. My husband, Damian Cody, is the building commissioner of the city, and we recently celebrated the fourth birthday of our son, Lucian. I want everyone to know with the reduction of the city council from eight to six seats, it's increased the competitive, competitiveness of this year's election. Two sitting city councilors at large are likely going to lose their seats. So I've taken my campaign to the doors. I've been knocking, um, talking to voters, and that is the, the secret to the success that I've had in my first campaigns. Um, so I'm hoping to have a strong showing again in this year's um, election. I hope everybody remembers that those early campaigns um, ignited a conversation in Holyoke about downtown redevelopment um, and economic revitalization. It was those early campaigns when I was talking about smart growth that refocused the city's attention on ways that we could preserve the city's historic infrastructure, preserve the neighborhoods and the communities that already exist downtown, while working to fill in the vacant properties and lots that, that exist in our, um, in our city center. So I hope you'll consider voting for me um, come November 7th. I think that we're starting to see a lot of success with this strategy of smart growth development downtown, and I'd like an opportunity to continue with that strategy for another two years. If you'd like more information, you can find me online at votelisi.com. Thank you. Michael Sullivan. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Mike Sullivan. Um, I'm a graduate of uh, University of Massachusetts, uh, University Without Walls. Uh, for 27 years, I had a business uh, headquartered here in Hoyoke. Uh, we built it um, from scratch, from the ground up. Uh, by the year 2000, we were doing almost 25 million a year and had branches throughout the country, California, Florida, um, Arizona. And um, about 2005, um, I made a career change. And one of the things I had done building that business was to transform an old building, a mill building down in the flats into our headquarters and warehouse. So I had some experience in renovation and being able to actually save some of the 100-year-old structures. Uh, since then, I've begun work on a master's degree in architectural preservation and design. Um, this is my first, I'm finishing my first term on the city council. Uh, it's been two years, quite a learning experience. And the things I'm uh, most proud of right now are what I've been able to do with both anti-blight ordinances. We now have a tough new anti-blight ordinance in the city that carries a fine of up to $5,000 for people illegally dumping. 
Uh, we were working on a home rule exemption. I went down, I traveled down to Boston just uh, two weeks ago uh, with uh, Rep. Vega. We now have a home rule exemption to try and uh, exempt Holyoke from the prevailing wage rates for any jobs under $40,000. This will allow us to do more work at a faster pace at less cost to the uh, uh, taxpayer. Um, I've served on the uh, Community Development Block Grant Committee for uh, two years and also uh, was instrumental in getting the city its first ever demolition supervisor working for the building department. Uh, I, I hope uh, to continue this work and uh, hope I can get uh, your support in the coming election. Thank you. <coughs> Joseph McGivern. Thank you, Tony, and congratulations to the organizations, the fine organizations that put this evening on and for bringing it to the voters, both through radio and TV and our audience here. Um, my name is Joe McGivern. I have served on the city council for 38 years, but please note, I started at a very young age. 38 <laughs> is deceiving. Um, I've, I've enjoyed my tenure, and I enjoy, I'm often asked, why are, you, why are you trying to go back? It's because I absolutely love being with people who have their best interests for the city of Hoyoke, and I say so with all the candidates who are sitting here this evening. I work as a state probation officer. I understand the importance of public safety. I work right here in Hoyoke District Court. I married a, a young lady 35 years ago from Waterbury, Connecticut, who went to the Elms College in Chicopee. She now has more time in Hoyoke and knows more people in Hoyoke than I do and considers herself one of us and loves it. Two of our daughters own their own homes. After going to Hoyokai and graduating, they went on to college, both Northeastern University for Brenda, and Kelly went on to the Elms, and they both now own their own homes in Hoyoke, and they too are carrying on that tradition of the McGiverns to say, this is not only my home, but a place to participate in what we need and what we're all about. I have also have a daughter who works in a film company in New York. If you're familiar with the film, The King's Speech, it's her company that, that produced help produce that film itself. What is government? You know, if you stop and ask yourself a question, not what do you expect from us, but what is government? Government is providing service. We as elected officials need to understand how government works to provide the service that each of us as citizens of Poyoke not only need but demand to be there. Public safety, schools, education, DPW, and so on. How do we do it? We do it with tax dollars, and most important, I'll talk about it a little bit later, we do it through economic development endeavors because we need new business and new jobs desperately. Paul Bassett. Hello, my name is Paul Bassett. I'm running for city council at large. I have lived in Hoyle for 43 years, the first half of my life in Ward 7 on the corner of Pearl and Fairfield Street. I graduated from Dean Technical High School in 1993 um, with HVAC, and that's what I do today for the past 20 years. Um, I have three kids and a beautiful wife named Audra, who's in the audience. Um, I really want to make a change in Hoyoke. I've been participating in meetings and the city council and ordinances and neighborhood meetings, and there just seems to be a, a need for a voice from all the people. And a lot of the city councilors at large are from the upper wards, not from Ward 4, 3, 2, and 1. And I want to be that voice down there. And I would 
want to represent the whole city. So I'm asking for your vote in November. Thank you. Fiosado Lopez. I'm tr having trouble with my phone. Fiosado <laughs> <laughs> um, Lopez. I've been in Holyoke for over 37 years. I was the, the World II Counselor for 20 years, uh, the first Latino in the city council. I enjoy listening and working on behalf of the city of Holyoke. I'm a great listener. I like to work with the folks. I like to disagree, agree, and move forward. So I'm running because um, it is critical to be, part, to be part or be on the table trying to move the city forward. I also, I was the chair of the ordinance committee, the redevelopment committee, so I know the city well, I know the politics, I know the city, the, the, every, every single department well. So I would like to uh, come back November 7th, and I also would like to tell you that last November, I put my resume in for uh, the open seat, and I became a city councilor again after stepping down in 2011. I also, I was a member of the National Guard for eight years. Um, so if you consider my name for November, I will appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to all the candidates. I think everybody's warmed up now, the candidates, the audience, and we're ready to go. You guys ready, the three of you? All right, so here we go, round one. Our first question will be asked to James Leahy by Alexis Diaz. James Leahy, do you feel the Chamber of Commerce is important and valuable to the city, and why? Uh, you know, that's a fantastic uh, question, and let me give some props to Kathy Anderson, uh, who's uh, standing back there. Uh, absolutely, I think the Chamber of Commerce is essential, uh, I, you know, to any community, really, but we're, at, you know, we're, we're talking about Holyoke here, and I think uh, it's a fantastic program. They just initiated a new program called SPARK, which is getting young people, or not even young people, but any person that wants to provide um, uh, new opportunities to develop workforce skills and own you know, their own um, business, um, uh, the help they need. Uh, Chamber of Commerce has always been uh, a fantastic program. As, as a city councilor, I've dealt with uh, the chamber uh, thousands of times. I can't even give like specific uh, examples. Uh, the city, I mean, I could go on and go on, but you know, it, it's really spearheaded by Kathy Anderson, and she has a wonderful staff. So yes, I do think it's important. Thank you. Our next question is from Carrie Ann Cruz to Peter Tallman. Peter Tallman, what, if any, role do you feel a city councilor should have with the Chamber of Commerce? The Chamber of Commerce is, is as, as my colleague stated, is, is, is very vital to the community of Holyoke for, for businesses. You know, each uh, city official or city councilor should be attentive to their needs. Um, the, the Chamber and the Taxpayers Association come down, down several times a year to promote both businesses and to talk about the tax rate, which is crucial. Um, you know, one of our most important roles is setting a tax rate as city councilors. Um, the other thing I think uh, city officials can do as city councilor that I could do is to attend events that the city, um, that the chamber invites the councils to. A lot of them are a chamber after hours events, uh, breakfasts, chamber of commerce breakfasts that they have different times of the year. That way we can do a little bit of networking with, with the businesses and with the community.
to, to find out what, it, what their needs are and, and, and how we can help them um, in their business and, and how we can help them sell their, sell their business or sell their product. Um, that's one of the biggest roles we can do as city officials, I believe, is to, to show up, show up for businesses, show up for the community, and to really be attentive to their needs um, when they come down to City Hall, you know, when, when they talk about different issues that are concerning them, about growing Holyoke, growing business, um, that is something as a city officials we should really pay mind to. Thank you. Our next question from Caitlin Cruz to Deborah Aloisi. Deborah K. Aloisi. As city councilor, what do you think you can do to help improve the economic development of the city while broadening our tax base? That's a really great question. And the first thing that I would think of is what can we do to eliminate as many obstacles as possible to get somebody started from development all the way to opening their doors for business? Um, it's going to be very critical that we work with people both within our, our um, communities within the areas, within zoning, um, and also within um, where they're going to develop, what kind of business they're going to have, so that they can open the doors. And it's important for us to have those conversations before the bill of sale goes through. Um, that'll be critical. Um, that way we don't have a developer that's hanging in the balance, that has an idea that the city doesn't want, and they're not opening for business. That doesn't send a good message. Thank you. Our next question, Alexis to Dan Bresnan. Daniel B. Bresnan. Bresnan, right? Bresnan, sorry. Perfect, thank you. Do you feel the Chamber of Commerce is important and valuable to the city of Holyoke, and why? I absolutely do think the Chamber of Commerce, commerce means business, and that's what the Holyoke City, Hall, that's what the Holyoke city needs. Kathy Anderson worked in City Hall, knows the inner workings of City Hall, and she made a great move to leading and spearheading all the causes they have at the Chamber of Commerce. It's a big pot, folks, right? And commerce is business, and it encourages business. The only way we can get our tax rate down is if we have more businesses coming to in our, in our, in, into our community. And the Chamber of Commerce is that go-to person. You know, working very in tandem with the economic development, those two, uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce and the Economic Development Office have to work together to encourage business growth within our city of Hoyoke. And that's what's going to change the dynamics of the city. We have more businesses, we have brighter lights, we have busy streets, we have safer streets. It's not really, it's not brain surgery, folks. We need to have businesses, we need to have people coming to the city of Hoyoke. We need to lower our business tax rate. I was spearheaded the, the CPA tax. Don't think it's a bad idea, I just don't think Hoyoke was ready for it. If the Hoyoke Mall leaves us, they give us $8 million a year, most people are shopping online. If we lose that $8 million, we are going to be in dire straits. Kathy Anderson's team is out there working the pavement to get people to do their businesses in Hoyoke. Too many businesses have left the city of Hoyoke for a better tax rate because they had better development, because they had better streets. And I could if email me, call me, and I can tell you the tons of businesses that have left the city of Hoyoke. Just drive down High Street, you see all the empty spots. But my, my, uh, my kudos to Kathy Anderson. She has a very difficult task, and she does a very great job, and we need her doing that. Thank you. Thanks. Carrie Ann for Howard Greeny. Howard Greeny. What, if any, role do you feel a city councilor should have with the Chamber of Commerce? Well, uh, I think that the, the city council should work in uh, cohesion with the uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce. I think uh, 
the educate uh, people who are going to come into the, the city uh, for business purposes, uh, the city council should, should be able to promote those things. I think obviously we have to think seriously about lowering the business tax rate. Uh, we have to accentuate the ideal available business locations that are in our city because location, location, location helps. We're at the crossroads of the Mass Turnpike and Route 91, which is a perfect spot for any business to locate. We need to publish our many access roads out of the city and into the city, such as Route 141, 202, Route 5, Main Street, three bridge accesses in and out of the city. It's perfect for any business to, uh, for access for surrounding communities to come in. We also need to piggyback information data with the uh, Volleyball Hall of Fame and the Children's Museum. These are certainly great, great assets for the city of Hoyle, and I would work to promote uh, uh, this. Uh, we also have to exploit our fantastic natural resources that we have in the city. We have probably the, the best water supply in, in Massachusetts. We have our own municipally owned gas and electric department and power department. As a matter of fact, back in the early 1970s or late 60s, early, early 60s, the city of Hoyoke was the only municipality on the Northeast United States that still had power and lighting with the great blackout. So these are some of the things that the city council should be working with the Chamber of Commerce to promote businesses to come into our city and use our natural resources uh, to do so. Thank you. And our next question is from Caitlin to Rebecca Lisi. Rebecca Lisi, as city councilor, what do you think you can do to help improve the economic development of the city while broadening our tax base? Thank you for that question. Um, I think plain and simple economic development is broadening the tax base. Um, when we have more economic development in the city, we have more commercial and industrial tenants to share the burden, share the load with in terms of the amount of taxes that we're paying in the city. Um, I think everybody remembers and knows that um, Holyoke has been built on smart planning and innovation, and that's how we're going to build our future as well. Um, we've said no to projects like Lowe's, the casino, and Walmart because those projects would have depleted our assets. Um, instead, we want to keep on fostering um, opportunities for light manufacturing, such as um, marijuana production that's been coming to the city. Um, this is exactly the type of development that we've been holding out for. It repurposes our old mill buildings, it puts them back on the tax rolls, and it utilizes green energy power from our Holyoke Gas and Electric. This coupled with zone changes that will restore the residential character of our blighted neighborhoods downtown um, will put us on the fast track for smart growth. And again, if we have smart growth and economic development happening in the downtown, we're going to be able to ease the tax burden for everyone in the city. Thank you. And our next question, Alexis from Michael Sullivan. Michael J. Sullivan. What, if any, role do you feel a city councilor should have with the Chamber of Commerce? Okay, thank you, Alexis. Uh, well, uh, it, interacting with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, is vital. I've attended a, a lot of their tabletop expos, which are usually exciting events. Uh, it's a good chance, not only for existing businesses, but for new businesses to showcase what can come on. So I think we should all be out supporting that. Um, the 
as far as the council goes, I, I think we also need to pressure the chamber. It's a two-way street, not, not, not just um, to participate in their events, but to keep ideas and new uh, concepts going. I'd like to see our chamber get more active in marketing Hoyoke, its resources, and stuff outside of our boundaries. I, I see this happen as I've traveled around the country uh, to get the word out well beyond our borders, not just to the local communities and the local regions, but right out um, into other regions of the Northeast and even further beyond that to let them know what we have available. Thank you. And our next question is from Carrie Ann Cruz to Joe McGivern. Joseph M. McGivern. Do you feel the Chamber of Commerce is valuable to the city and why? Thank you, Carrie Ann. Um, absolutely. First, recognizing the the Chamber of Commerce being the Greater Hoyoke Chamber of Commerce is made up of businesses both from the city of Hoyoke and from the region, more particularly South Hadley, Granby, and, and closer. And, and they represent the business community within the city. We've also had a very somewhat successful Latino Chamber of Commerce who is more specifically looked at some of the small and upcoming Latino businesses within the city. And if the city council understands that we are an industrial planned city that needs to protect our business community, then it's obvious that we should always work with our Chamber of Commerces and who they represent and who their membership is. The particular, Kathy Anderson is wonderful, it's been pointed out, she worked first with the city, both in the mayor's office and uh, back with Mike Sullivan, and both in planning and some economic development issues that have come across her desk, and now she's doing a wonderful job with the Chamber of Commerce. Not, not to forget Doris Ransford, Ransford, who I saw just the other evening, did a great job over almost some 20, some two decades that when she was representing the chamber. What, what does the chamber do besides represent the business community? I, I was at a fundraiser last night for three Hoyokers who we lost over the last five years up at Summitview. Mike Campbell was there who donated a lot of stuff for that group that put on the fundraiser. Mike Campbell has been designated as a business person of the year, a dinner that's coming up later this month with the Chamber of Commerce. They bring business to us, our good corporate citizens is what we need, and we should always recognize our Chamber of Commerces. Thank you. And our next question is from Caitlin to Paul Bassett. Paul E. Bassett, as city councilor, what do you think you can do to help improve the economic development of the city while broadening our tax base? With the commerce, is that Chamber of Commerce, is that what we're talking about still? Yeah. I, sorry. I think the Chamber of Commerce is important to expand and bring new businesses into the city. We have to utilize the warehouse space and the industrial space we have in the city. And I think the Chamber of Commerce is an asset to businesses and the council. Uh, it's the voice from the businesses to the council. Thank you. Okay, and our next question, Alexis to Diosdado Lopez. Diosdado Lopez, what if any role do you feel the city councilor should have with the Chamber of Commerce? Thank you, Alexis. Um, first, I think the we should be working more together. We have too many abandoned buildings in the city. We need a better plan how to target that issue and move forward. I think the 
if we have a plan of taking care of some of those vacant buildings with a concrete plan, I think that we can move forward together and as a city, and then you will see the growth in the city. I think the, um, the image of the city, we need to promote more together. I think the, also um, we should be looking around the U.S. and see what is working and what is not working with inner cities like Holio. Um, I know the city of Lawrence, um, they're trying to do a lot of economic development. I know that it's not moving facts, but it's, it's, they're trying. And I think that we need to work together as a, as a city and, and, and do what we have to do. Thank you. Thank you. Now we go into round two. This will be just a little bit different because the same question will be asked of all the candidates. And the following question is a yes or no question. Just yes, just no. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but this is an easy one. It's a yes or it's a no. And it's going to be asked by Carrie Ann Cruz, and Carrie Ann will ask each of you. Go ahead, Carrie Ann. All candidates, as we all know, there will be a new council president in January, and that person currently appoints the chairs of the committees. However, there is a perception that the chairs owe the president something for the appointment, and oftentimes items that are sent to the committee are never heard of again. The question is, would you support a different process where all city council chairs are elected by the body, thus making the process more transparent and open to the voters? James Leahy. Uh, maybe. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I'd like certainly to discuss it, and uh, hopefully it would be in my committee as chair. Um, it's got to be a yes or no. I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah. Can you just um, ask me the second half of that question again? It's a long question. Go ahead. Just a second. I'll just repeat it all over because. So as we all know, there will be a new council president in January, and that person currently appoints the chairs of the committees. However, there is a perception that the chairs owe the president something for the appointment, and oftentimes items that are sent to the committee are never heard of again. The question is, would you support a different process where all city council chairs are elected by the body, thus making the process more transparent and open to the voters? Yeah, yes. Peter, Jeez, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Peter, absolutely yes. Deborah, yes. Transparency is part of my campaign. So. Daniel, yes. If you watch this, you see many of us uh, uh, chairs don't get along with the president as it is. So I mean, of course, that'd be a great idea, but we're not beholden to anyone. Thank you. No statement, but Howard. Of course, when the voters speak, I listen. Rebecca? Yes. It was a yes from Rebecca. Okay. Michael? Yes. Joe? Can I hear the question again? Gary, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, whatever the will of the majority of the council would be. Paul? Yes. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. So round three. The first question is going to be asked by Caitlin Cruz to Daniel Bresnahan. Caitlin. Daniel B. Bresnahan. What is your opinion regarding retail recreational marijuana business in the downtown area? What is my opinion of retail marijuana? I'm sorry? What is your opinion regarding retail recreational marijuana business in the downtown area? When this question came up on the ballot, I voted against it. I wasn't for it. When people wanted to make recreational marijuana legal, I voted no. 
I'm okay with that. I've said it publicly many times, I'll continue to say that. Now that the, it's here and the public voted for it, I'm with it. I think it's a great idea. I think we need the businesses. I think we cannot ch pick and choose the type of businesses that the city of Holyoke wants. The concept of not in my backyard is not working. Go out, go to the bodegas that you go to, go to the grocery stores, the small ones, the small business owners, ask them how they feel. They, every, I only shop in Hoyok, I only eat in Hoyok, and believe me, they chew my ear off because they've got problems with that. I have no issues with a business that wants to come to the city of Hoyok, pay its taxes, because again, the only way we can lower property taxes is if we have more people that own property and they're paying taxes. Whether they're selling, as I said at the city council meeting, whether they're selling chicken eggs or selling marijuana, we need the business within the city of Hoyoke. It's that simple. The public voted for it. We as city councilors are obligated. We're here because of you. So the city voted for it. I voted against it, but that's not going to change how I'm going to vote. I fought for it the other night, if anyone watched the meeting, and I'm going to continue to fight for it. And I don't think there should be a moratorium, because it sends a bad message. The state already has a moratorium. Why is the city council going to do a moratorium to last the same time? The guys that want to do this work, they have to start setting up leases. They have to find the mills. They have to you know, do the work in the mill to get it ready for this type of development. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. The city wanted it. I'm voting for it. And our next question is from Alexis to Howard Greeny. Howard Greeny. You're going to make it a little easier on me, aren't you, Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a yes-no question. If, if you are elected, do you have any ideas or recommendations on how the city of Holyoke might assist small businesses that are developing and growing in the city of Holyoke? Yeah, I, I think uh, education is paramount in, in, in all facets of, of what we do. And I think that the, the, the more information that we have out there circulating, certainly it would be better for any potential business uh, people to come into the city. I know when myself and my partners uh, opened businesses in Hoyoke, uh, we sought uh, information from the Chamber of Commerce, what we could get. However, what we didn't realize was all the red tape that we had a had to go through to jump through the different hoops, the different uh, licensing, the different uh, procedures, uh, ordinances, and all that information uh, that, that really wasn't readily available for somebody who wanted to start a business. I think maybe if the city filled out a packet or made a packet for potential businesses that would educate potential businesses that come into the city that, that describe or, or explain all these different things that the people would have to do to establish a business in Hoyoke, I think it would be a great help. Not only that, in today's world with the internet and all the uh, communication that's out there, it could be widespread throughout the city on the city's, uh, on the city's website to hopefully recruit and maintain and keep uh, businesses to come into the city. And our next question is from Carrie Ann to Rebecca. Rebecca Lisi, how can you help as a city councilor over the next two years to work in support of the city mayor and economic development department to fulfill the goals of the urban renewal plan that came from many meetings of the community? Be specific, not what you have done, but something new that you are willing to do. Thank you for that question. Um, so I think that I recently co-filed a number of orders with um, Councillor Nelson Roman, who is the ward councillor for um, Ward 2. And we were looking at a number of uh, zone changes that need to happen in the downtown area um, to help fulfill the urban renewal plan. 
Um, part of it is economic development. Um, for, for this, as I have already mentioned, I've been, um, I was the one that spearheaded and has strongly advocated for smart growth in the city, um, where we're repurposing our old mill buildings, bringing them back onto the tax rolls, and making use of our assets, such as um, electrical um, power generated by our G&E. Um, the other part of this is making sure that we can preserve the residential character of our downtown neighborhoods. So some of the orders that I filed with um, Council Roman are going to um, correct some of the poor zoning decisions that were made in the past. Um, we have a lot of business highway where we should see um, downtown residential units. So increase housing opportunities for the downtown area. Um, keep neighborhoods neighborhoods so that we don't see businesses and industry creep into those neighborhoods. Um, additionally, I think that we should extend the arts and industry overlay uh, zone into um, additional areas that uh, into the Main Street area. Right now, it's mostly focused on um, on Ray Street. I'd like to see it extend up to High Street and then down to Main Street to make it co comprehensive. Thank you. Thanks. So our next question from Caitlin to Mike Sullivan. Michael J. Sullivan. As we all know, Holyoke is and has been one of the top 10 highest property tax rates in the Commonwealth. What are you willing to do over the next two years to help reduce the overall tax rate in Holyoke other than shifting the burden to our commercial base who in general isn't allowed to vote for the politicians setting the rates? Well, the, you know, we've touched on it a couple of times tonight already. The, the key is taking a lot of this um, unused, uh, vacant, blighted properties and getting them back on the tax rolls. Um, that, you know, that's, that's the biggest key right there. Um, one of the other steps, and uh, I did introduce a uh, motion last year, I'm going to reintroduce it this year. We've put, um, I'm saying, $12 million into a rainy day fund. I don't think we need to continue adding to that. The council's been very firm on not uh, touching that fund. It, it is there for emergency purposes. And um, in, instead, we could um, put that money uh, back into a reduction or use it to reduce the existing tax rate. We do something, we do something like that, and I believe it'll have a uh, chain reaction also. You lower it and get things headed in the right way, other people will see that our tax rate is coming down and encourage more people to uh, invest in Hoyoke, bring jobs to Hoyoke, move to Hoyoke. Uh, you, spread it, you spread it out, um, the tax base, you add more housing, you add more jobs, and the rate will go down. So this is something we could do with the, uh, instead of putting the interest back into the fund to use it this time around to actually reduce the tax rate. Thank you. Our next question is from Alexis to Joe McGivern. Joseph M. McGivern, if you are reelected, do you have any ideas or recommendations on how the city of Holyoke might assist small businesses that are developing and growing in the city of Holyoke? Thank you. There, there is a number of things that the city currently does, and I think they need to expand upon it to, uh, to make sure that all small businesses have the opportunity to both open and to grow within the city of Holyoke, and also to protect small businesses that may not be uh, having a very successful uh, moment in, uh, in their history. One of the committees I've served on since 1991, being appointed by the five last mayors, is the Holyoke Economic Development Industrial Committee 
we have a loan fund that was established through and Bob Bateman was the executive director of well, well over a million dollars that we use in terms of helping out small business in the community expand. We do so by putting you know a, a very small interest rate on it, but we do so with reverters that they need to promise X amount of new jobs, X amount of new growth, and to do so to be able to, uh, to take advantage of that loan. Oftentimes they use a, a loan from the Economic Industrial Development Committee to, to help them get a larger loan from a financial corporation within the city or within the region. The small business community is something that needs to be protected and I will always work hard to, uh, to protect and make sure that their opportunities and the very the very little what the city can do in terms of helping them out meet their expectations. Our next question is from Carrie Ann to Paul Bassett. Paul E. Bassett, what is your opinion regarding retail recreational marijuana business in the downtown area? I think it could be a massive revenue for the city of Hoyoke. I wish it wasn't only focused in downtown. I wish it was throughout the city. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's coming and we have to learn to accept it and we have to have regulations on it. And I think the money should be going to the city, to the wards, to the neighborhoods that it is in. Thanks. All right, and our next question, Caitlin to Diosado Lopez. Diosdado Lopez, how can you help as a city councilor over the next two years to work in support of the sitting mayor and economic development department to fulfill the goals of the urban renewal plan that came from many meetings of the community? Be specific, do not what you have done, but something new that you are willing to do. Thank you. Uh, first, I think that we need to have a capital plan with the planning and the mayor. I think the, the city has to stick to the plan don't de deviate from that plan, make sure that we follow the plan, and make sure that we see the result. Second, I think that we need to engage the whole community, make sure that the information gets out to the public and get some input. I think that most of the time we do public hearings, hardly you see many people there. I think that we need to start changing that type of attitude and see if we can get more information. Because, I mean, uh, the city council and the mayor alone would not be able to move the city. I think the, the whole community will be able to move the city, in my opinion. Thank you. Our next question, from Alexis to James Leahy. James Leahy, what is your opinion regarding retail, a retail recreational marijuana business in the downtown area? Yeah, so, um, uh, like another counselor, I was uh, against it. I was against marijuana and I didn't think it was such a great idea. In fact, I voted against it. Uh, however, I've changed my mind, I've changed my position, and uh, the voters want it here, and I'm rep representing the voters. And I, I think it's, um, I think if, if it's going to happen, why not the city of Hoyoke? Why shouldn't the city of Hoyoke rep uh, benefit from all the taxpayers' dollars, but also more importantly, the jobs? And uh, it's gonna create a lot of different jobs. It's gonna create, um, you know, I was speaking with some of the people that are involved with this, and they are going to create high-paying jobs, jobs that produce uh, insurance plans and retirement plans, and it's going to, and they're also committed to hiring Holyoke people. So, having said that, yes. Okay, our next question is from Carrie Ann to Peter Tallman. Peter Tallman, as we all know, Holyoke is and has been one of the top ten highest property tax rates in the Commonwealth. 
What are you willing to do over the next two years to help reduce the overall tax rate in Holyoke, other than shifting the burden to our commercial base, who is in general, who in general isn't allowed to vote for the politicians setting the rates? Thank you, Carrie Ann, for that uh, question. Uh, we have to do a kind of balance, a, a medium between the uh, business community and the residential community. I mean, the people that own homes and a lot of people, elderly people, have their difficulties paying their, their bills because they got uh, food expenses and they got medical expenses, and, and sometimes it's difficult when their rate goes up. I think what we have to do is really try to grow business in Holyoke and, and, and try to get, um, which we, we did here at Elmar Cod Ford and, and, and Gary Rome, we, we really really grew business in Holyoke, and we brought in some new tax dollars, which, which is important. Another thing that was discussed, uh, I was at a fundraiser last week for one of my colleagues, and, and it, someone had stated that we, we really, um, our assessments are too high, you know, on, on our, are actually too low on our business properties and our residential properties. So if we try to, you know, gradually, if we can change those assessments and maybe bring the tax rate down, uh, it's not an easy thing all of a sudden, you know, to try to say that a, a business that was worth uh, a half a million dollars is now worth 750000 So we have to find a way that we can talk through the assessors and try to, to make that change so we, we, we get away from that $40 number that uh, has been talked about with the business community because, you know, we really have to start getting more businesses here for the community of Holyoke so that, that everybody, everybody can share the burden, but that we can have a reasonable rate for the businesses and the, for, for the community. Thank you. And now, uh, Caitlin, to Deborah Aloisi. Deborah K. Aloisi, if you are elected, do you have any ideas or recommendations on how the city of Holyoke might assist small businesses in developing and growing in the city of Holyoke? Thank you, Caitlin, for that question. Um, I've said before that uh, accessibility and public safety are key in helping to uh, nurture an environment that allows for small businesses to develop and grow. People are gonna hang out in plazas, in places where they feel safe, where it's welcoming, where it's inviting, where it's accessible to a handicapped person, somebody in a wheelchair, it would also be accessible to somebody who's in a walker. Um, and so I would be looking at accessibility issues, also development of ideas. I love the SPARK program. And it, we've got people that have dreams and ideas and goals and they can develop a business plan and we can remove some obstacles to make that happen. Um, I'm all for it, as long as it's a viable plan and it's something that will work. Um, and so it has to be well thought out and meticulated. So I'm, I'm very interested in developing both internally and allowing for external resources to assist in, in business development, both small business and large business. Okay, our next one is another yes or no, just yes or just no to the question. And there's a third option, I guess, here too, and you can just abstain from answering if you'd like, but if we get a yes or a no, and the question is gonna be asked by Alexis to all candidates. All candidates. Since March of 2016, the current council has held in committee a proposal change modification to the ordinance of the city initialed retail center zones. If you win election, will you vow to hold a hearing on the matter and call for a full council vote up or down within 90 days of the new term? Council Leahy? Yes. Thanks. Yes. Peter? Deborah? I'm afraid you're going to have to repeat the question. Sorry. Since March of 2016, the current council has held in a committee 
a proposal a proposed change modification to the ordinances of the city initialed retail center zones if you win election will you vow to hold a hearing on the matter and call for a full council vote up or down within 90 days of the new term i believe in timely processes so so yes, yes or no okay thank yeah. you dan yes Howard. yes rebecca as the maker's order yes <laughs> michael yes joe as maker's original language yes <laughs> paul yes does yes okay now we go into round five and this question will be asked by carrie ann to michael sullivan michael j sullivan many people think holyoke youths are apathetic about city government and civic engage engagement but many of them actually want to be involved 33 percent of our citizens are under the age of 21. how important do you think youth engagement is in the city government and what will you do to increase youth involvement Okay, thank you. Um, well, we had two youth members uh, attending the city council meetings and they've both done an excellent job. They've represented the youth of Holyoke very well. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the active, the active participation, you know, that's, that's the future of Holyoke. That's, that's what's going to drive things here. That's, that's who's going to be taking our spots a few years from now. So not, not only do we have to reach out to them, but we've got to pass on our knowledge, what we've learned, and what we're trying to accomplish to them if we expect it to continue going forward in the future also. And um, I'm over 60, but there's still things I've been able to learn over the years from young people also. So it, it's great to keep an open mind and uh, keep the dialogue going. Thank you. Our next question is from Caitlin to Joe McGivern. Joseph M. McGivern. Recently, the Holyoke Youth Commission and over 50 Holyoke Youth created a 10-year youth vision plan. What will you do over the next two years to help them implement this plan and support their work? Thank you, Kaylin. The plan, and I believe some of that plan is on the mural on the wall, is an incredible vision of some of the younger people of this city. Um, I, I mentioned in uh, my opening comments about my daughters who we raised in the, uh, this city who are continuing to live in this city. And I have to say that the opportunities they had were similar to the opportunities that I had when I was a youth. That, that map, that plan over there reminds me of a lot of things that were offered in the city of Hoyoke and without, without even thinking about it. We had sports, we had play, playgrounds to play in, we had swimming pools to go to. The only thing we didn't have was access to a website because there was no web back then. But the opportunities for youth is important, and as a city councilor, I think we can't forget that. We support the parks and recreation, the recreation part of it especially, but the DPW with the fields, the DPW with the, uh, with the, the responsibility of taking care of a lot of things that youth need in terms of basketball courts, playgrounds, places to be. But beyond that, why, why can't we have Wi-Fi in, in City Hall where all youth and all people can use? The library cur currently offers some of that access. The Victory Theater is a theater that I used to walk to three blocks from my home. We used to have five theaters, movie theaters downtown when I grew up. These are opportunities that we can do, but we have to do it in a way as a, as a government, maybe not can do it directly, but in a way where we support enterprises to come in and bring back a lot of the wonderful things we always had. Thank you. Our next question is from Alexis to Paul Bassett. Paul E. Bassett. What will you do to create a safer and more welcoming Holyoke for young people? 
Wow. Uh, I'd like to see the police in the neighborhoods more. I'd like to see city councilors go to neighborhood cleanups and attend neighborhood meetings, especially in the lower wards. I would love to walk with the neighbors and other counselors through the wards. I think we really have to engage the public and get them involved with the neighborhood associations. We have to create more of them. Um, and we have to point out where the problems are as far as crime, drugs. I, I was at South Holyoke uh, neighborhood cleanup a couple months ago, and me and my 14-year-old daughter found 15 bags of heroin in a tree well. It's, it's crazy. There's kids playing in an alley 20 feet away. That's their playground there. You know, there's, there's Vega Park, but, you know, there's more adults in there half the time than there's children. You know, we, we, we really need to focus on the lower wards. Springdale Park, I mean, the Parks and Rec Department, it, it, it's a shambles. The buildings, it, it's shameful the way it is. You know, we, we really need to focus on the youth and, and those parks and be involved, you know, as counselors, as citizens, as youth. You know, we have to point out the problems and work on them. Thanks. All right, so our next question is from Carrie Ann to Diostado Lopez. Diostado Lopez, what are you willing to do over the next two years to help make one idea of the youth visioning map a reality? Um, I, I will be honest to you, everything that you have on, on that map is critical. I think that this city was fortunate. We, we used to have a lot of swimming pools throughout the whole city. I remember growing up in South Holio, going to the World Two Pool. We're not, we don't have it anymore. I think that anything that we can do to better the life of anyone in this city, we should do. And I think that you have a less there that the city council should embrace and see how we can move forward. Um, one thing that I've been doing for the last 30 years, when we do the Hispanic Family Festival, you will see teenagers on stage working, cleaning. So that's one of the things that we need to do, work with teenagers, make sure that they are there and they're participating. And I will continue doing what, I, what I've been doing. Thank you. Okay, Caitlin for James Leahy. James Leahy. Many people think Holyoke youth are apathetic about city government and civic engagement, but many of them actually want to be involved. 33% of our citizens are under the age of 21. How important do you think youth engagement is in city government? And what will you do to increase youth involvement? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Um, and I, too, look over at that mural. And I, uh, it, was, it was done by Amy Gilberg. And it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, first thing is education, uh, letting, uh, letting the, the students know that we want their help. Uh, we, we encourage it. Uh, I think the, starting with the schools, you know, I've talked to Dr. Steven Drake many times about uh, getting more children involvement, but also like financial literacy. That's another big, uh, big thing for me as well. Um, I looked at that mirror over there and some of the things that uh, are on that um, strike home to me as a father. I know you go to school with my son, Brendan, um, but uh, affordable driving license, or get, uh, learning how to drive a car. It's very expensive to learn how to drive a car. It should be more affordable. Bus passes, making sure all the students have bus passes. Um, there's, there's many different things we can do, but it's all about education and getting, uh, getting the right information to the kids' hands. Thank you. Our next question, Alexis to Peter Tallman. Peter Tallman, recently the Holyoke Youth Commission and over 50 
Holyoke Youth created a 10-year vision, youth vision plan. What will you do over the next two years to help the implement this plan and support their work? Thank you, Alexis, for that question. I, I think the important thing is something we talked about earlier is uh, having two members of the school, Holyoke High School and the Holyoke Community Charter School on the city council um, at our meetings. I, I, I know recently they haven't uh, been at the meetings, but maybe because other school functions or whatever, but I'd like to see them active again and involved to, to let us know what the youth feels. You know, I, I was looking up at that vision map and I saw a lot of things that as I remember as a youth with the pools and, and one of the big things that was talked about earlier was the, the, the schools being open at night for basketball or for soccer or for volleyball. You know, here Holyoke is the birthplace of volleyball and we don't even really get involved in that. We could have some of the schools play other schools. Uh, part of that, not having the gyms open is, is because of the, the money situation, you know, the funding. Someone has to be there, a custodian. The building has to be open, it has to be heated. But I can remember as a kid going to Morgan School and Kirtland School and Metcalf, and, and I got to socialize with other kids from different neighborhoods, and it, it was awesome. Even the youth football, uh, we played kids from Churchill and Oakdale and Elmwood, and, and I, I can remember paying down in, in Kelly School. Uh, you know, it, it was just something that, it, it was getting other neighborhoods together and communities together. Um, a lot of those things up there, are, the vision, you know, is, is things that can, can happen. A lot of things take time, a lot of things take money, but, you know, we all have to work together as a community, as, as a people, not just the youth, but the people that have been here. Uh, when you stated 33% of our, our population is youth, I was really surprised. I, I never realized that. You know, that's a big number. That's one-third of our community is under 21, you know, and, and we have to think of that. We have to take care of that, and we have to think that, uh, of the youth and, and try to do what we can to make this city a better city for them. Thank you. And our next question is from Carrie Ann to Deborah Aloisi. Deborah K. Aloisi. <clears throat> many people think Holyoke youth are apathetic about city government and civic engagement, but many of them actually want to be involved. 33% of our citizens are under the age of 21. How important do you think youth engagement is in the city government? And what will you do to increase youth involvement? 33% means that Holyoke is a very young city. And this is a city that's, um, that's thriving to grow. And I think a lot of people that are young want to be grown. They want to be empowered. They want to have opportunities to express themselves and practice being adults. And this is a good time to foster that. Um, it's a good time to foster it, whether it be mentorship programs in the city council that that are already in place, or it's a good time to foster those things with job skills, pre-job skills, whatever that youth has in mind that they want to try their hand at, they should have an opportunity to do that. Um, something within reason, something that would help with their, their own empowerment as far as economy, something, that, something to look forward to as far as making money, how to manage money, how to save for, for big items, how to maybe even own their home, or maybe being an investor in a property, how to, how to develop a business, how to make a dream come true. All of these things should be available. Uh, and we should encourage the youth to go further and farther and than we have ever dreamed of. Okay, our next question, Caitlin to Daniel Bresnahan. Daniel B. Bresnahan, what will you do to create a safer and more welcoming Holyoke for young people? Well, I mean, the first thing I would do is I would work with the Parks and Rec Department to make sure that we have enough after-school program. Uh, I'm a youth hockey coach. I'm a youth soccer coach. I mean, the youth are the dreamers of the future of Holyoke. I mean, you know, 
10, 15 years from now, many of us probably will not be sitting up here. Hopefully, we'll be with you. Just we won't, we won't be sitting up here. I mean, we have, to give, we have to give the youth hope out there. We have to create jobs. We have to say, we have to ensure that Dean Vocational School is offering programs. Because you know what? Not everybody's ready for college, and not everybody should go to college. I have four older brothers. Two of them moved out of Hoyle because there was no jobs. There was no future. They left. We have to ensure, as politicians, that... We're giving them that hope. We're giving them that future. It's critical. Three of the schools I went to, one is two have been torn down, and Lynch stands there alone, empty. And, and what kind of message are we sending to the youth saying, like, you know what? We're going to tear down these schools. We're going to leave one vacant. We're not even going to do anything with it. We're just going to let it sit there so the pigeons get heat at night. It's sad. We have to ensure that the Hoyoke Parks and Rec and that every program that's offered in the city of Hoyoke is somehow curtailed to the youth. As a city councilor, I voted to have two uh, youth on the board. All of us that were on that board voted unanimously to have the youth on that. We need to get them involved because we want them aware of what's going on because when they turn 18, they're voting and they can start getting involved in the political world. But it's critical that we keep these schools open and we don't tear them down. Thank you. And our next question, Alexis for Howard Greeny. Howard Greeny, what are you willing to do over the next two years to help one idea of the youth vision map, a reality. Well, Alexis, uh, I believe that communication is the, the most, uh, or probably the, the best way to deal with problems of youth, uh, of uh, middle-aged people, senior citizens. And I listen very well. Uh, like I say, I've taught school for 35 years. And I always felt that I did disseminate some knowledge to the students that I taught, but I've also always felt that I learned as much from the students that I listened to as I taught them, which was a very rewarding experience. And at this time, I'm still in communication with some of the young people uh, that uh, I did have in school. Uh, I also have four adult children, and I have four grandchildren who oftentimes offer me their perspective on life, and I listen very carefully to what they're saying. Their world is a much different world than the one I grew up in, and we have to adapt to that situation. So listening, number one, communicating with the youth in Hoyoke, supporting their programs, such as the Hoyoke Youth Baseball League, uh, supporting uh, the, 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 uh, the bonding that we did for the, the new pool, hopefully the, the reconstruction of that pool, uh, by uh, McKinsey Stadium and different, different things like that so that we occupy our youth. The more they're occupied, the more they, they, they learn, the more they understand, and the less, less trouble they're going to get into. So uh, I'm very active uh, along those lines with my own children and my grandchildren. I do the same for the kids and in Hoyle, for the young people Thank in you. Our next question is from Carrie Ann to Rebecca Lisi. Rebecca Lisi. Many people think Holyoke youth are apathetic about city government and civic engagement, but many of them actually want to be involved. 33% of our citizens are under the age of 21. How important do you think youth engagement is in city government? And what will you do to increase youth involvement? Thank you for that question. Um, I think others have stated that 33% of our youth, 33% um, of our city is uh, under the age of 21 is a very high number. Um, so we do have a very young city. Um, the good news is that, statistically speaking, young people um, do not 
participate in government at the same rate as older people. So Holyoke is not unique in that sense. Um, what I think may be unique about Holyoke is um, that there's not as many opportunities to develop the civic skills that you need in order to participate as an adult uh, later on in life. Um, and I think part of this um, comes from uh, opportunities for civic engagement. Um, we, could, we could go back even further and say we want to make sure that, number one, there are opportunities for youth to connect to the city. So making sure that the opportunity to participate in club sports, league sports, um, other just club activities so you start to build networks with your community is um, vital. Um, number two, I think that when we're talking about civic engagement and participation in government, um, the Youth Commission is a wonderful opportunity for youth. I would like to see other groups replicate, replicate the opportunity for youth to start to advocate for the issues that are important to them. And then finally, I was a co-sponsor of the order um, that Jay Ferreira and I um, sponsored to allow for the youth, youth seat on city council. Um, so I think that we can work um, more closely with those youth as mentors um, to create a pathway forward. Thank you. Okay, and now we're into the final round of questions, round six. It's been six rounds already, folks. So, Alexis to Diosado Lopez. Diosdado Lopez, what will you do to create a safer and more welcoming, welcoming Holyoke that works to retain our current seniors either in their existing homes or their new senior housing? Now, not subsidized housing, but, sorry, let me repeat that. What will you do to create a safer and more welcoming Holyoke that works to retain our current seniors either in their existing homes and or their new senior housing? Not subsidized housing, but modern senior housing where one can feel welcome. Thank you, Alessis. Um, basically, that's what I do. I, I've been working with folks that are over 60 for the last 25 years, and what I do is listen and make sure that we execute a plan for services, make sure that they're safe in the home, make sure that we communicate with the family and create a plan in case something happened. So that's what I do and I think um, we need to do that a little bit more for the whole city. Um, if you take a look at the city, we have a lot of folks that are over 65 and some of them are not able to keep or maintain their house and I think that that's one of the areas that we face a lot of issues. I think that we need to come up with a plan how to support doing the lawn, uh, cleaning the, the house, and all that. I think that we need to support our elder people in this city. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question is from Carrie Ann to James Leahy. James Leahy. What one idea will you carry out over the next two years to support services or activity for seniors? Be specific. Uh, yeah, that's an excellent question since we're sitting in uh, this brand new uh, Council on Aging. Um, uh, I think it was about 2012 when this place opened and it's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, an $8 million project and uh, uh, it gets used a lot. And what we can continue doing is serving the elderly and being specific is making sure we, they have enough funding to do certain things, make sure the Council on Aging has the support they need, uh, and we'll continue certainly doing that. But there's a lot of other things we can do too. You talked about um, before children not getting involved. Well, I think that the percentage of elderly people or people 
uh, in that uh, demographic is pretty high in the city of Hoyoke as well. Let's get them in, more active in city government. Um, they've been around. They know exactly what's working, what's not working, and that sort of thing. I think that we have to continue um, uh, looking to our seniors uh, for help because they have the history. You can't go into the future if you don't know the history, and uh, we can certainly benefit so much from that. Um, these, these, these wonderful timekeepers over here, I would love for to have them on the city council and make these meetings go by so much smoother, uh, but that's what I would do. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Caitlin, for Peter Tallman, please. Peter Tallman, one of the pet peeves encountered when talking to citizens about Holyoke was the unsightly mess that citizens and visitors alike are subject to upon entering the city. With the budget stretched so thin and the apparent lack of any additional funds, how will you as a city council help correct this issue? Thank you for that question. Uh, you know, we, we go into the city, I, I think our gateways, we, we got to look at that. Um, in every respect, and whether you're coming in from West Springfield or, or South Hadley or, or down here over Chicopee. And I, I think what you might be talking also is, is right next door here with the old armory building, which is unsightly, and we're trying to get that, that sold. Um, the, the building was falling down for years, and it, it wasn't taken care of. And, and the problem with, with a lot of buildings in this area, you know, it, it takes away, it, it, it detracts from our community and, and, the, and the wellness of the community. You know, I, I think a lot of these vacant buildings, and, and it's difficult to t take them down. We're looking at some buildings that are historic, and some buildings that can actually be, you know, re rehabilitated. But there, there are some buildings that, that just can't. And, and part of it is the funding, and, and part of it is getting community development block grant money to, to take some of these buildings down before they start falling down. I, we have one down on Main Street that uh, will be taking down with community development block grant funds that is just a shell. It, it's near Nueva Esperanza. And, you know, when you take that down and, and you have a, a vacant lot that you can do stuff with, uh, you, you can put uh, tables there, you can make a park out of it. Um, anything we can do to help beautify the city, you know, um, is important. It, but it takes money and, it, and it's difficult because our, our budget do dollars are really stretched right now and uh, we, we do it what we have. We work with what we got and as time goes on, if we get new businesses, we get new growth, you know, we'll have more money to work with. But it's just reality that uh, these buildings that have to have to come down and it's something that uh, we have to look to and, and, and plan for. Thank you. Alexis for Deborah Aloisi. Deborah K. Aloisi. What one idea will you carry out over the next two years to support services or activities for seniors? Be specific. Activities for seniors. I was kind of hoping you give me Peter's question because I was really prepared for that. But um, as far as activities for seniors, I really think that um, the idea of having either people with handicaps or senior citizens just stay at home and not have activities is, is, is a very bad thing. Um, I, I have spoken about accessibility and we have a lot of um, buildings that are not accessible um, or difficult to access. Um, we have several buildings that uh, even just the annex building alone is a, is a nightmare to access for somebody in a wheelchair. Um, so I don't want to have an idea where, where we just want people to collect disability and stay at home. We want people to come out of their buildings and be able to access their churches, to be able to access um, peer support, to be able to access either, you know, I, I'm not saying the elderly necessarily have this problem, but they could, um, mental health or substance abuse treatment. Um, be able to access whatever services plus whatever social 
projects that they want to do. I'd love to see an international grandmother's club. I, I played with this idea. You're all worried about your children. You're always, all worried about your, the safety of your children. And if we could bring your ideas together, I think it would be a beautiful thing. Thank you. Next question is from Carrie Ann to Daniel Bresnahan. Daniel B. Bresnahan. The city of Holyoke has aging populations that currently feel as if they are being taxed out of their homes. With Holyoke having one of the highest tax rates, even with the shift to place that on a shrinking commercial base, how will you, as a city councilor, work to ease the pain and reduce the overall tax rates without continuing to pass the burden onto the commercial rate payers? Thank you. Um, again, I, I hate to come back to the same speech, but it basically comes down to economic development, encouraging businesses to come to the city of Hoyoke and the ones that are here taking down the obstacles when they want to expand their business. Um, you know, my mother lives on Social Security, owns a home. She has a very difficult time paying the bills. She doesn't have a life insurance policy for my father that passed away years ago, so she's living off her Social Security. Her taxes on her home are about $4,500 a year, which is a lot of money, you know, when she's basically living on what she's living on. Um, and I think that's a problem. I don't think I'm the only person that has an elderly parent that's going through this struggle. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to sell the home. She doesn't want to go to a, a a living center for you know not a nursing home, but a, a center like that. She wants. She wants to spend the rest of her life in the place that she raised her family and was married to my father for 30, 40 years. I mean, and that's and we have to encourage that. And the only way we can do that is to encourage businesses. Again. We, we, the only way we can lower people's property taxes is if we have more people putting money into the pot. It's simple. Businesses have to be welcomed here. They can't be forced, you know, with the zoning laws and, and all the difficulties that they have coming in. Go talk to business owners. Talk to them about what their frustrations are. And I guarantee you, they're going to tell you the same thing they tell me, their business tax rate, their unfriendly environment that is created sometimes with some of the departments. That all has to change. The permitting process has to be made easier, has to be streamlined, but we have to get taxes down lower, and the only way we can do that is with more businesses. Yeah. Our next question is from Caitlin Cruz to Howard Greeny. Howard Greeny, what will you do to create a safer and more welcoming Holyoke that works to retain our current seniors either in their existing homes and or new senior housing? Not subsidized housing, but modern senior housing where one can feel welcome. Well, first of all, I'd like to <clears throat> thank some of the other councilors for endorsing senior citizens to uh, sit on the city council, since I'm one of them. Uh, uh, but to answer your question, I work with seniors every day. I see their problems. Uh, my wife is handicapped. She, uh, we transport in a wheelchair and a walker, so I understand the possibilities. The simple things like getting to the doctor's office, uh, going shopping doing the, the little things like that, to have somebody, uh, which is a blessing for us, is to go into the stop and shop in Hoyoke and to have a young person or a, a person, a, an older person, hold that door open so that I can transport her through the door. So we, we live with these problems all the time, and I'm aware of them. I, I'm, I'm here at the Senior Center every day. I talk to the seniors in, in our city. I listen to their problems. I, I do what I can to help them as far as uh, legislation on the city council uh, would, would help them. Uh, seniors want to remain independent. They, they don't want to be dependent upon anybody. And their resources, as they dwindle, they seem to be forced to be less and less 
independent, more and more dependent. But the psychological welfare of the seniors, not only the physical being, but the emotional and mental well-being is something that's very critical to them. And the entire community, uh, and for the most part in Hoyoke, it's been, uh, it's been very, very good. And that's uh, time. Thank you, Howard. Our next question is from Alexis to Rebecca Lisi. Rebecca Lisi. One of the pet peeves encountered when talking to the citizens about Holyoke was the unslightly mess that citizens and visitors alike are subject to upon entering the city. With the budget stretched so thin and the apparent lack of any additional funds, how will you as a city council help correct these issues? Thank you so much for that question. So I just want to say that while it's not my opinion when I hear people talking about the unsightly mess when they're coming into the community, um, when I hear people saying this to me at the doors, for example, the way that I understand that question is that they're talking about the panhandlers. Um, I have worked very closely with the mayor to convene a um, task force on panhandling and homelessness in the city, and we are exploring a model um, that's been successful in different um, cities around the country where um, panhandlers and um, homeless uh, people are um, taken into the city and offered opportunities to work for the day and earn um, a paycheck from the city. Uh, it could be structured in a similar way that the city's um, bid, a business improvement dis district could be um, sponsored. Um, I also think that uh, there's been a lot of talk about putting signs up around the city that say, please don't contribute to um, the panhandling population. Instead, make a donation to your local charity. And the city council could create a fund, a dedicated fund, that would essentially be the charity that one donates to that would supply the revenue stream for the day laborer positions that we would off offer homeless folks. Um, people that are panhandling. I think additionally, once we have access to these individuals, we can then make sure that they have access to the different services that they may need. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Carrie Ann from Michael Sullivan. Michael J. Sullivan. The city of Holyoke has aging populations that currently feel as if they are being taxed out of their homes. With Holyoke having one of the highest tax rates, even with the shift to place that on a sh shrinking commercial base, how will you as a city councilor work to ease the pain and reduce the overall tax rates without continuing to pass the burden onto the commercial ratepayers? Well, it sounds very familiar to a question I've already answered, but I'll be glad to go back and go over it again. Uh, and I think uh, fellow councilors have done the same. We, we, we've, we've got to bring in, we, we've, we've got to get rid of the blighted sections of the city, redevelop them, bring in new business, bring in new jobs, expand the tax base, um, and uh, as I mentioned before, we, we've got to take other steps uh, through the city council, use other tools uh, that are available to us, such as um, using the funds that the interest that has been plowed back in year after year after year into our rainy day fund, and use that as a catalyst to begin reducing the tax rate across the board. That, in turn, will help fuel more interest, more development, uh, attract more people into the city of Hoyoke. Thank you. And our next question is from Caitlin to Joe McGivern. Joseph M. McGivern, what one idea will you carry out over the next two years to support services or activities for seniors? Please be specific. 
Thank you, Caitlin. I'm not sure what a senior citizen is in Hoyoke because I don't think Hoyokers get old. I think if you look around the room and where we are, there are people who celebrate their life as Hoyokers and who recognize that they have done their, their job, they have retired, they have worked for their community, they have raised their family, and they want opportunities to remain in this city. Some good examples about in their homes, Danny said it perfect, the baby boomers don't want to move into subsidized housing, they don't want to move into the towers, they want their own homes but they want opportunities to get out of their homes and to be with their friends that they grew up with, to celebrate life. And, and that to me is what, what life is about. You, you work for most of it and then you're in your retirement, you still need to be able to get out and to do things with people. As a city, as government, we need to be able to provide services to, to all, of, all the people who live here. But the senior citizens, we have to offer them the opportunity. This building is a prime example, but there should be more. There should be more such as a senior fest. There should be more about involving seniors in the different things that happen in, in government, involving things, seniors in different things that happen with our youth and combining our youth activities with seniors who have been there. Like I said earlier, the youth vision is part of what our, our lives were. So celebrating life is what Hoyoke is about and what Hoyokers are about, and I will do anything to support that. Thank you. Alexis for Paul Bassett. Paul E. Bassett. The city of Holyoke has an aging population that currently feels as if they are being taxed out of their homes. With Holyoke, have one, with Holyoke having one of the highest tax rates, even with the shifts to place that on a shrinking commercial base, how will you as a city councilor work to ease the pain and reduce the overall tax rates without continuing to pass the burden onto the commercial rate payers? Thanks. I think that the quality of life in this city has to be improved. You know, all boats have to rise together. Companies, businesses, residents. And as we work to a community, we, we, everything, as everything rises and everything gets the better, the taxes will go down for everybody. We just need more revenue. We meet, need more residents paying the taxes and contributing. And that's my answer, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. There's a great line by the Lorax from Dr. Seuss. Unless people like you care a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. Oh, no, it's not. I think all of you here this evening demonstrate that, your willingness to be here at this debate. And we invite you to join us next Monday night for the mayoral debate here in the same time, 6 o'clock, in the same room. We'd like to thank all of you for your time and ev this evening, for your succinct answers. I am amazed at how much ground you all covered tonight, and that's the service of the people you serve. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's debate. This is a Radio Plasma special presentation. The Holyoke City Council at Large Candidates Forum from the Holyoke Council on Aging in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Hi folks, I apologize, I went a little fast there. I completely forgot to give them their closing remarks. So I deeply apologize on that, very much so. And you know, on this one, we go in reverse order. So we start with Diosado Lopez, but I'm gonna give you a chance to catch your breath, Des, whenever you're ready. And these are the closing remarks of our candidates. I deeply apologize. Thank you, Anthony, and I thought that we would be able to do this closing statement. Um, first, I, I just wanna emphasize uh, I'm the only Latino bilingual candidate at large, and I would like to address my Latino community also. Um, 
So, le pido para noviembre 7, hay que votar por Diosdado López, si es posible. Eh, voy a estar trabajando duro para la seguridad, la seguridad de esta comunidad. Segundo, este, para toda la gente en esta ciudad, necesitamos su voto para poder mejorar esta ciudad. Este, es bien importante tener la seguridad pública, la policía, los bomberos. Es bien importante para nuestra comunidad que vive en los edificios tener esa, esa protección. Basically, what I was saying is that my, my goal will be to work on public safety, uh, helping the police department, make sure that they have the right resources, the right equipment, make sure that they're able to do the work. The same thing with the fire department. And uh, especially folks that are living in high risers. I think that we need to make sure that the fire department is able to take care of any fire. I mean, we have a lot of high rises in this, in this city. And I would like to make sure that the fire department is able and capable to take any, any fire in this city. Thank you. Paul Bassett. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Um, I would love for you to vote for me. My, my biggest issue is the quality of life and community involvement. I think there's a huge lack of that in the city. I think a lot of residents don't feel like they have a voice in the city council. And I want to be that voice. I participate in my community, in the city. I attend a lot of meetings. And I have the ordinance book on my nightstand. That's my nighttime reading. I just, I feel like I don't have a voice. And a lot of people I talk to kind of feel the same way. And that's why I'm running. I feel I have to follow my heart and I have to do what's right for me. And, and that's what it is. I love my city and I want to stay here. I want my kids to grow up here. I want them to have the same memories that I do. Uh, you know, Uh, please vote for me November 7th. Thank you. Joe McGivern. Thank you, Tony. I mentioned uh, my opening remarks about the, uh, the purpose of government and providing services to all of us who live here and work here. And I think that's one of the important things we don't want to lose sight on. How do you provide services? You need money. You need money to be able, revenue to be able to pay for those services that we all want. We are one of the few communities that still pick up trash without an additional fee, still have an opportunity to drop off bulk waste at, on, a, on a regular basis, and we still have the opportunity of a DPW that we see during blizzards plowing our streets while we're sleeping. Police department that's out there towing cars that are parked to have safety issues if they're not towed. A fire department that are first responders during those same events. And we're sleeping through all of it, yet we are the ones who are the taxpayers who provide those services. Our, our rate is high because the value of our properties are low, and the value of our businesses, with the exception of new construction, are low. We need to create better opportunities for, for the values of homes, the values of property, the values of businesses to give us that. And as Hoyokers, and I think as, especially as part of city government itself, the biggest thing we can do is market the greatest city in the Pioneer Valley. We have the lowest gas and electric rates, we have an abundance of water, and we have opportunity to grow business both in our older industrial section and our newer industrial parks. The opportunity is there, but we're missing the boat and letting people know what we have to offer. Michael Sullivan. Okay, thank you. Um, 
We've had great discussions tonight, but we've kind of danced around two subjects. One's the opioid crisis, and um, the, the other is the uh, um, condition of some of the historic buildings in this town. Uh, as far as the opioid crisis goes, I've, I've been accused of being callous, of uncaring, and I just want everybody to know uh, I, I care greatly and I've been ve very much involved. I met with Sheriff Kochi, I have talked with the uh, police chief, I have dealt with the problem directly both on the streets and through associates, family, and friends. Um, leaving panhandlers, people with addictions, people with mental illnesses out on the street is cruel. We have programs, we have shelters, we have resources available to put these people in. If they've become mentally incapable of making that decision themselves, there are programs to help these people and we should take every action possible to get them into these programs and off the streets. As far as I'm concerned, putting money directly into their hands is assisted suicide. Uh, and to close, I would just like to thank you all for being here. Uh, I want everybody to get out and vote, and not only vote yourselves, get your family, your friends. Let's get active. We had a horrible turnout for the primaries. Let's get out there and really do a good job for the election itself. Rebecca Lisi. Thanks, everyone, for your time this evening and for coming down to speak with us, hear what we had to say. Um, again, my name is Rebecca Lisi. I believe I've been a real leader on issues of planning and innovation in the city. I'm also a natural diplomat, so I'm willing to find compromise on a lot of controversial issues that come through our chambers. Um, I'm willing to make government work for the residents of this city. My expertise in working on zoning and land use issues has been on full display in my leadership on the City Council's Ordinance Committee. For multiple development projects, such as the Gary Rome expansion and the increased parking for the YMCA, I was able to find unique project-based solutions that struck a balance between the city's economic interests and the neighborhood's quality of life. Whether you like or dislike how I voted on a particular issue, there's no denying that I have been a productive member of the city council who is always thoughtful about policymaking and takes the time to explain my positions to the public. So once again, I hope you'll consider voting for me, Rebecca Lisi. I'm six on the ballot at large. See more about me online at votelisi.com. Thank you. Howard Greening. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out, first of all, and uh, kudos to our young people. They did a heck of a job here uh, asking us questions, and I, I think they deserve a round of applause, too, you know? Anyways, as a lifelong resident of Hoyoke, I greatly appreciate the support of you and your families in this upcoming election. I think it's going to be a critical election for the future of our city, and the decision that you make in this process is going to be critical. I believe truth, number one, honesty, are mandatory requirements for elected and appointed political office, and I exercise both of those at all times. I believe the safety and security of our citizens is paramount, and I'll support all necessary services to ensure our residents receive maximum benefits for their tax dollars. I'll work to regain local control of our school system. I've always believed that the people in Hoyoke better know the community and the students that are in the school, and we can better service them. I will continually seek input from our residents, address their concerns in a timely fashion, 
Every vote I take on all issues that come before the City Council will always be in the best interest of the city and its residents. I'll never dodge any issue, no matter how controversial it is. Please consider my experience, community service, my record of fiscal responsibility when you vote in the November election, and I'm gonna ask you to do something very unconventional tonight. When you go to the polls and you vote for city council at large, start at the bottom, number 10, Howard B. Graney, and work your way up. And that's time, thank you. Dan Bresnahan. Thanks very much for coming, uh, and I'm number nine, so if you go up, that helps me out as well. But um, I just wanna thank everybody who put on this event, Tony for moderating it, the young folks for coming up and doing it, uh, and also all my friends up here. This is not an easy task, running for office, asking for donations, knocking on people's doors. Uh, it's not easy, rest assured, and I think it's great that so many of us are doing that. Um, I'm a very passionate person. Uh, my wife may think I'm a little bit too passionate when it comes to city council, but I'm passionate about Hoyoke. I love Hoyoke. Born and raised here, went to Hoyoke schools. Uh, I think it's a great community, and that's why after I graduated from Massachusetts Maritime Academy, I came back to Hoyoke to buy a house, raise a family, which I've done. Um, quite simply, I will fight and continue to fight for public safety in a business-friendly community. The only way to help Hoyoke, in my opinion, is to get more people putting money in the pot. That'll get us our street lights fixed. That'll get us activity in the downtown area. We need to encourage business growth and business development with the businesses that are already here. Um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. All the problems that the city of Hoyoke faces can be basically solved with more people putting money in the pot tax rate will go down, business tax rate will go down, so people can keep their homes, they're not paying out social security for, to, to live in their homes and be safe, and we need the engines and the police fully funded. So the police department is showing up on time, the fire department is showing up on time. How do we do that? We do that with encouraging businesses growth, lowering our business tax rate, and I, in my humble opinion, the more businesses, the better this community will be. Dan Bresnahan, I'm number nine on the ballot, November 7th. Hope everybody gets home safe tonight. Thanks so much for coming. Deborah Aloisi. Hi, I'm Deborah Aloisi, and I will be looking at uh, local policy through the lens of a social worker. So um, I have been canvassing citywide, and there isn't a single um, district or area that doesn't have empty homes or vacant structures. And from a systems theory perspective, what this means is that um, we need to have both really good boundaries, such as our zoning laws, but we also need to be open to outside influences, and we need to participate in a larger economy and look for good investors. This will help with public safety, and it'll help us to build accessibility for other smaller businesses to grow. So I'm interested in increasing the tax base and getting, you know, repurposing vacant structures. I'm also interested in supporting harm reduction path and multiple pathways to treatment. Because if we uh, dry up the sources for opiate uh, markets, then we have a lot of sick people out there. And I am not just coming from a perspective um, that this is my research. When we have harm reduction, such as the needle exchange program, according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, this leads to treatment. So I'm Deborah Aloisi. I am your neighbor for transparency and responsibility in local government. It, it would be my honor to serve you as your city councilor. Please vote for me. I'm number four on the ballot, November 7th. Peter Tallman. Thank you, uh, thank you everybody for being here tonight, the, the citizens and people that are watching at home. Uh, and I want to thank the uh, Holyoke Youth Commission Task Force, Gandara Youth Development Center, 
Greater Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, the Taxpayers Association, and Radio Plasma for being here and putting this on uh, for us tonight. And I want to thank everybody here up th that's on this panel, anybody that actually stood up and actually is running for public office. It's, it's, not a, it's a very difficult thing to do, and uh, it's something that um, I really enjoy doing. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about myself. I, I wanted to mention earlier that I couldn't do this without my family. You know, I, I have a very supportive wife. Her, her name is uh, Nettie. Many of you know her, and I've been married to her for 32 years, and uh, she's from, from the island of Puerto Rico. And, of course, we know that uh, I, the island of Puerto Rico has gone through some difficult times, and she has family there, and I want everybody to remember those people in Puerto Rico, and, and I'm willing to do, and she already has donated to do whatever we can to help out that island. They are our, our citizens, too. Um, it, you know, we talked about uh, stuff that's going on in the city. You know, when's the last time someone thanked the guy that picks up your trash? Or somebody that you thank the guy, the police officer or the fireman that's doing their job every day? You know, I try to do that when I see them because it's important. You know, they do a job that's sometimes selfless and it's sometimes not that well-paying, and they do it day in and day out. You know, as, as my fellow colleague, Mr. Graney, I'm a military veteran. I served three years in the Army down at Fort Bragg. And I also served 23 years over at the Air National Guard at Barnes Air Force Base. And that gave me a lot of skills. It gave me a chance to work with other people and to learn, learn things with others. So I, as my time has run out, I didn't realize it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here. And Peter R. Tallman, I don't even know what I am on the ballot, really. <laughs> I, I didn't really check that. I probably should have. But one thing I can say is don't sell the city short. Vote for the tall man. <laughs> James Leahy. It probably got lost in the mail. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Peter. I certainly, uh, I just heard a beautiful quote by the Lorax, but I also uh, am reminded of a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the ring. Uh, it is a very difficult uh, uh, job to put your name on a ballot and to go out and, and ask people for votes. Um, uh, the, the quote goes on talking about, the, it's not the critic who counts, but it's the man in the ring. And uh, I say man and woman uh, for this matter because we have a lot of great candidates up here. I just want to thank Johan and Radio Plasma. I want to thank Kathy Anderson, the chamber, the whole Hoyke Youth Taxpayers. Um, I, I, I'm also uh, so excited that we have a national um, uh, person here uh, in government. We've got a powerhouse here, Tony Signoli. And thank you so much for doing a, a wonderful job. Um, I certainly just want to uh, let everybody know that I'm eighth on the ballot. Um, I've been endorsed by the uh, Hoyoke Fire Department and also the Hoyoke Police Department because of my strong efforts in public safety, and that matters to me and my family. Um, I, I ask you to vote for me because of uh, the values that my mother, Mary Ellen uh, McGinty Leahy, and my father, Thomas, uh, instilled in me. And uh, those are the values that I make sure that we, uh, we do the right thing because I'm an independent voice. I uh, certainly look at the quality of life issues, and I also just want to thank the one last person, my campaign manager and my wife, Eileen. Leahy, who's in the back row over there, um, for letting me do this. Thank you very much, and have a good night. Thank you very much. Thank you all. And that really is the end of the debate. Thank you very much. Thanks. This was a Radio Plasma special presentation. The Holyoke City Council at Large Candidates Forum. From the Holyoke Council on Aging in Holyoke, Massachusetts. This event was brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, the Holyoke Taxpayers Association, the Holyoke Youth Task Force, the Gantara Youth Development Center, Holyoke Media, and Radio Plasma. From the Holyoke Council on Aging, I'm Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>